0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the American Citizen's Podcast. My name is Gray. I am joined by Josh. If we sound a bit different, it's because we had some, I guess you could call them technical difficulties, doing this the normal way that we normally do
1: this. Um, so we're on, short, we're on a sh- Short answer, my com- or, or short story, my computer's power supply took a crap. That's that. That's that. So we're on a phone.
0: We started this on Skype, as we always do. And he had warned me. He's like, it's not working well today. We can try it and we'll see what happens. No sooner than about 30 seconds into our recording, when I prompted him to say something, did I hear a loud beeping in my ear, um, the sound of computer death. And so here we
1: are. <laughs> and on my end, I let out a loud, ha, as a, a very Nelson from Simpsons, ha ha, at myself, just because I told him this would happen. And literally, he says, Hello, Josh, how are you doing? And I'm going to reply, and that's when it dies. Like, it could, you, the only way it could have been better is if it had been scripted. Like,
0: it's just the lost I, episode.
1: Yeah, the lost episode, as it were. Um,
0: but anyway, yeah, it is. It's a shame because we have much to discuss. We have. It's been a very busy week and a half, um, with with three games of varying importance. And so,
1: um,
0: I, I we're, what we're going to do, we're going to touch on all of them. We're going to spend a little more time on some than others, probably, um, but. What I would like to do is just sort of go all the way back and just sort of progress in chronological order from least to most recent, which means that we are going to go all the way back. It has been over a week now for Manchester City versus Schalke. In a game that looked like it was going to be one of those garbage away performances in the Champions League until the last 10 minutes or so... um, the the one thing that I really well there's two things I want to highlight from that one of them isn't really as shitty related as the other, but the one thing that I did want to highlight from that game is essentially, um, I don't know why Leroy Sani didn't start it. He seems to, he seems to play well when provoked, if that makes any sense. And going back to a place like that where he started his career, where he came from um, getting benched then coming on, he was extremely influential. He scored one of the goals of the season. Um, I wonder if his mentality is developing a little bit because he, <laughs> there, he, he at times during his city career, he's drifted in and out of the team because Pep hasn't always liked what he's seen from him in terms of his commitment, in terms of how he trains. And, in, how, in terms of how he responds to certain things, um, Germany dropped him from the World Cup squad uh, for reasons that may or may not have to do with how he carries himself at certain times. Um, but when he applies himself, and when he seems to be prodded into it by some in some way, he seems to respond a lot better than some other people who have been put in his situation because. Frankly, I thought he changed the game in that in that match.
1: Well, I mean, he did change the game. It, I mean, worst case scenario, he kickstarts the comeback, you know, um, or kickstarts the tie if if City don't get that that goal at the end there from Raheem. Um, you know, I I do agree with you though, and you can't help but wonder if if hey, you left a starting position at Shalka to come to City. You were their star, and now you've kind of found yourself in of um, a bit of a quandary. Uh, the manager isn't, like you said, he isn't always liking what he sees out of you. Um, in theory, Leroy Stane should be starting week in and week out, um, especially given the competition on the wing. I mean outside of Raheem Sterling he frankly has none um yet he he's <clears throat> he's by his own work ethic has made Bernardo a winger when the reality is Bernardo probably base, plays his better football inside not he he's not a winger and yeah. it shows so he he, he I can do it
0: he's better essentially I think the problem, right, is, as much as it's a problem right now, is that Bernardo is playing so well that they do not want to drop him. But at the same time, they also want to make sure that David built and Kevin DeBruyne are playing. So they have to juggle some things.
1: Yeah. Bernardo is playing lights out right now. <coughs> um, but still, if you're Leroy Sane, you have to look at not being able to start against your old team in the Champions League that's gonna piss you off, right? Like that's gonna upset you, or, or as as you said, motivate you. Um, yeah, it should. If it's not, you're frankly in the wrong business. Um, but yeah, man, you you can see it when he came. I mean, I, I nobody's. I don't care if the keeper lines up. That nobody's saving that free kick. Like it's just not happening. That kicks goes in the net, no matter who the keeper is, no matter where they're lined up, you know? See, you could have, you could have spotted them, uh, uh, Sané telling him what, to, what was going to happen, you know, a la Jordan, and, and it's still going in. Like, Sané's like, I'm going to put that in the top corner. Like, it's going to the top corner, you know? And just, then he does it.
0: You can um, see the look on his face as he was lining up like that. It was just like, I'm gonna do something here.
1: Yeah, it was. It was very Ronaldo. If Ronaldo, yeah, it's.
0: It's. it's, I know it's a very trite cliche, but it's a very. The look on his face—it reflects sort of just a very elite mentality. I guess is the way I would put it. Um, Yeah, it does. A guy who knows he's good and knows he's about to do something good.
1: Yeah. A guy who, it's like, you know, you you imagine it's like Bob Ory, because I'm trying to find a parallel here with guys who are like, I'm going to come on and be a super sub, you know, as they like to call them. Like, there's if you're an American sports fan, there's nobody better than Big Shot Bob. (laughs) I mean... Robert Ory made a living out of people knowing the ball was going to him, knowing that he was going to jack up a three and him doing it anyway. Um, Especially in big games and big moments. This is kind of the look that Sané had on his face. Like he had that look of a dude who knew he was put on to make an impact, was staring at an opportunity who make an impact and decided to you guessed it, make an impact. Like that's the problem. I imagine that's what infuriates Pep, right? The fact that you can put him on and get that out of him. And it's just like, I shouldn't have to piss you off to get this.
0: Mm-hmm. That's exactly it. And and it's he's still so young that for a lot of elite players, consistency is one of the last things to come. If you're like if you're consistently good at a young age, then you've already kind of figured out the one of the most important pieces of the puzzle. Like how long did it take Raheem Sterling to even remotely <laughs> come close to like a situation where you can put him out there game by game, and you you think you have a pretty good idea of what you're going to get. Because there were, there were games that he laid down, you know, he just wasn't influential at all. Um, and he's mostly wiped that out of his game now. He's a lot more consistent this year, even this year than last year. Um, and, uh, I mean, not coincidentally, he ended up scoring a winner on an Edison assist which I think we always knew would happen, yeah. but to see it it happen in such a spot and happen so gloriously, I think, was something of a highlight.
1: It really was, especially because it resulted in a winner and and a a near-insert, I mean, let's just say it, it's, yeah, I was, it's I, a damn my near next, insurmountable lead. My, my right? next question was going was just going
0: to be tie over, and I would say yeah, probably.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I never want to say tie over because you know I look at that Barca no. Roma, and I I would have told you that Roma were going to lose that ten out of ten times, and and somehow Roma ended up in the semifinals of the Champions League last year. No clue mm-hmm. how, but they did it. Um, hmm. You know, three but, two away goals going
0: home. You would think. You would yeah, think. You would. They think. would have to do some. They would have to do some real hard work to mess that one up. Yeah,
1: it would be typical city moment for sure if they botched this one. But but a near certainty that they're into the last eight. Um. And. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, this is what you want to see out of city. Like, look. Anytime you go away in the Champions League, you run the risk of of of, of having a shaky performance. I mean, City. Uh, we haven't even gotten to Otamendi yet. You had plenty to say about him at the time, but but for now, we'll just say you know City were already down to ten men. They'd already made extra work for themselves. Um, and we're chasing the game as it is when Sane came on. Because at that point, if you're Pep Guardiola, why not bring Sane on? Like, regardless of his attitude, you need a winner at that point. Like, you need somebody who can do something. You need somebody who can unlock something, create something. You you need – there were too many magicians, not enough rabbits. Yeah. So to speak, you know? Yeah. And, and and City needed a rabbit. Um. And it's just it, it Leroy got the opportunity to show city fans what he can do uh, when when you give him the chance I mean right, let, let, let's let's pause for a second here and, and let's cause we don't really talk about city set pieces all that often do we like in in a vague sense we do, but we're real, we we never really talk about it as though it is the special teams of soccer, which it is. You know, it's the special teams of soccer, um, <clears throat> albeit probably a little bit more frequently. Um, what right now, if if you had, and I realize that a lot of things are a game by game basis, but who are your top three penalty takers? Um depending on who's playing. Uh whether Aguero or Jesus is, is starting as the striker. Who are your top three penalty takers?
0: We'll start there. Aguero always takes them on the pitch and I'm fine with that because he has grown very good at them. Like he used to I feel like he's actually grown more consistent in it over the last couple of years. Because there have been instances where he missed some big ones. I remember he missed that one in the Champions League against Barcelona. Um I think it was in 2015. Um, yeah. That, it, you know, but I honestly, I don't remember the last time he missed a, even a remotely important penalty. Um, right. So I, I, I'm perfectly comfortable with that. Um. I, I, let's see. <laughs> they don't really have a lot of other people that take them. Um, Gwendolyn seems to know what he's doing and Bernardo seems to know what he's doing. You're leaving when, Roz out of this. Yes, because I know what you're thinking and I appreciated the effort, but that thing was about a half a foot away from hitting the crossbar and going far, far
1: away. <laughs> that's, that's No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not saying that I think he should be your number one guy. I'm just a bit surprised he doesn't make your top three.
0: That's the only penalty I've ever seen him take, I think.
1: Okay, fair enough. I don't remember. Good one is really consistent with penalties. Yeah.
0: Gundogan's made – he was hitting – I remember he, he scored at Totten last year on penalty with a really good penalty. And that one in the penalty shoot
1: against Chelsea was basically exciting. Good, good one, if there, if, if I have to have somebody taking a penalty, that is not Sergio Aguero or Yaya Toure. It's it's okay, one.
0: Yeah. Like
1: he, if he I had to well. have somebody prior to this year, it would have been Yaya Toure. Like Yaya Toure would be my right. number two, number two and three penalty taker. Nobody relished a big moment in, in, a, in a winning penalty more than Yaya, and and God, he hit those things with the thunder, man. Like you always felt that the ball was going to rip through the net on a Yaya penalty. Like he just meant that much business.
0: So I don't remember anyone ever stopping one of his.
1: No, I don't remember. I don't ever
0: remember. I'm. I, I mean, there's certainly possibly. I think this his moment. his the,
1: the the power that man generates at that close. It has got to be sheer dumb luck to stop it. That's just it. Yeah. With, like with, with some guys. Yeah, you know, you can stop them. They're not hitting them. But that's, I mean, Yaya's a Craig Kimbrell fastball, man. Like, you got to make your mind up as to whether you're swinging at that pitch before it leaves its hand, because you have no time to decide, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's it's a similar situation. When Yaya puts his foot to leather, you just need to decide which direction you're going beforehand, because you're not stopping it if you try and judge it as it.
0: But, I will say the best penalty taker I have ever seen at Manchester City remains Mario Balotelli. Oh,
1: yeah, absolutely.
0: Never missed one.
1: Balotelli loved penalties, too, man. Like, he did. He was just, <sighs> man, he, he was,
0: he, he could just stop, like, on the dime and send the, the goalkeeper
1: diving one way and just tap it the other way. You
0: know never seen anyone else do anything like it.
1: You know who wasn't bad at a meter was Tevez yeah. yeah, Tevez meant just as much authority when he took him, but uh, it's, yeah, it's, you know you not that long ago that city that city felt
0: the need to carry four strikers,
1: <laughs> oh my God,
0: <laughs> one.
1: Uh, well, I mean, yeah. at that time they were running two up top, so they always made... played with two strikers. Yeah, Manchini
0: so, was Manchini 4 a four four two obsessive.
1: So it it made sense for them to carry four. And similarly, Manuel Pellegrini loved a four four two as well, no matter how much it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you just look at the formation with Pellegrini and you're like, we're losing.
0: One of my favorite Pellegrini stories
1: was the year that
0: he won the title. It was the Everton away game um, when they had to win that game to remain in control of their title destiny. And he started, of course, with his customary 4-4-2. And uh, it was 1-1 after about a half hour and Aguero got hurt and they had to take Aguero off and bring on an extra midfielder. I thought, my God... They just accidentally fluked into a better formation because somebody got hurt. <laughs>
1: <laughs> So my favorite Pellegrini story is the Champions League uh, from that same year as the Barca thing where he didn't realize uh, that City could have won the group if they'd scored one more time. I think he just figured, oh, well, we won the game. We came from behind, beat Bayern. It's good. And it was – the fans are sitting there like, score one more. But Pellegrini's like, we can get out of here with a win. That's probably my Pel- – like, the things that happened to Pellegrini, even when he succeeded, he, there seemed to be something that, that, that went along with it. There's always There's always a funny little anecdote to accompany Manuel Pellegrini's successes. And I'm not saying that negatively. You need those in sports sometimes. But there's always a funny anecdote, I think. Yeah. Um,
0: one, one thing that I want to, um, to to discuss, because I think that we are somewhat unique as American sports fans in our perspective on this, and this kind of overlaps with both the, um, the Shalta game And the Kappa One Cup Final. Um, uh, Over the last week and a half, a lot of people have had a lot of opinions on VAR, (laughs) to say the least. Um, In large part because of the first penalty award in the Schalke game on the Ocmendi quote-unquote handball that gave Schalke their first goal there were also two major, major offside decisions in the League Cup final, one for each team. Both went against the attackers. Both could have led to goals. One did lead to a goal. It was just chalked off. Um, So, obviously, I preface this by saying the use of technology in sports, or at least in football in the UK, in Europe as a whole, really, is very new. This isn't this has only started to happen the last couple of years. You and I have spent most of our adult lives watching sports, and we have spent most of our adult lives in America watching sports where video replay is leaned on heavily to make decisions on close and controversial calls. It has been in the NFL for years and years and years now. It has been college football pretty much universally for over a decade. Um, it has been in baseball for several years now. It is, it has been in hockey in some form since the nineties. And we all know how long the last few minutes of any NBA game take, because if it's close, because every single minor off out of bounds decision, everything gets reviewed over over and over and over and over and over again. So we are used to this. It is part of our lives as sports fans that we watch referees walk over to those little covered video stations and peer in and either make up their mind or change their mind. Yes. So with all that in mind, with us sort of coming at this from a different angle perhaps than a, a, a football fan in England who is not used to this this invading the sport. sport. Um, how? What do you think of the implementation of this? Because I, as ever, do not have an issue with technology being used to make correct calls in sports, but there's a nuance as to how you do it, and you have to do it the right way, and you have to. It, it needs to be clear, and it needs
1: to it not. Needs, it needs people. to be stated to that in the. Uh in the, in the Otamendi decision, the replay wasn't working correctly. So the on field <laughs> official couldn't look at the video and make his own determination. He had to rely on a central hub. And as you and I know, anytime you rely on a central hub for anything, uh, I'm very familiar with it because the Pac 12 uh, the league that I cover for college football, <clears throat> everything is done centrally. It is all done at the Pac-12 headquarters. doesn't matter where the game is being played. The replay is always uh, in San Francisco at Pac-12 headquarters. Um, so I, I'm used to things being in a central hub, uh, but if you're not used to the technology and you're not used to using it, then then not being – yeah, let's just say that there aren't always uh, uh, people making the greatest calls on the other end of these things when when you have to loan out the decision to somebody who's not the on-field official. Um, I think it's long overdue, but we, I think more than the advent of technology uh, in sports, I mean, I'll grant you that they've been in the United States longer, but I think the bigger thing is that we have a proliferation of sports that matter. Basketball matters. Baseball matters. Football matters. And hockey matters to large fan bases, very large fan bases. And there's a reason they're called the four major sports for a reason. And we're really the only country that has this many major sports. I mean, we're Americans. We do everything uh, on on a scale that most people don't, um, and so I think it's more that we've seen replay so consistently over the years, because it doesn't matter what time of year you're watching sports, unless with the exception of baseball, which has now even implemented replay uh, on on a limited basis. Um, you were seeing replay all the time, and even when you weren't getting replay, the, the, the outlet airing the event would replay the crap out of it, like over and over and over and over, even at the expense of on-field uh, <laughs> uh, drama. Um, so I, I think it's good for the sport. I think bars can only make soccer better um and if you don't want to have it in certain competitions you can make those rules where VAR doesn't exist for that competition um but but i think it's fine i think they need to get a little bit better at it i think they need to have a central hub uh to to eliminate any controversy um if, I mean, if the on-field official can't work it, and I and I think there needs to be some transparency with it, uh, just because soccer doesn't have the greatest track record. Um, and we'll be around so. into the transparency
0: problem and have worked on it, because originally, if you were to game, you would know that something was being reviewed, but you didn't get to see the replay, and there is no, you know... <laughs> give the NFL and college football one thing. They mic up the refs, and they announce very clearly what the call is when they make the call. A lot of Sometimes the referees
1: is. really go into a, a lengthy yeah. explanation if you're lucky. Um,
0: yeah. A lot of sports are still behind that. Baseball does no such thing. Hockey mics its refs, but they are sometimes very quick and vague in what they say. And sometimes, frankly, the microphones don't work, and you can't hear anything. Um... The NDA does not like, you know, there's, they don't do announcements. They announce it over the PA, but they don't announce, like, reasoning or anything like that. Um, Here, as I can tell, at least in the Champions League, there were no replays and there was no real clarity on what was be, what was going on. Um, and that doesn't help anyone. The, the sport needs to adapt to the system, and the system needs to adapt to the sport. These things kind of go hand in hand. There has to be a meeting in the middle. Um... And I think that we already saw evidence of that in the Capital one cup final. You know how in, in, in football, the, the general consensus is, well, if it might be a fumble, let, let it play out. Let it play out. And then you can go back and go back and yeah, mm. especially if and then, you get
1: a clear recovery.
0: Right. Because if it's yeah, because if it is a fumble, but you rule it down, there's nothing you can do about it. I can't remember right? the
1: game. I can't remember the game, but there was a major game, and there was no clear recovery afterwards. And the ref is like, "Yeah, after review, it was in fact a fumble, but because there was no clear recovery." And I remember the uh, the announcer at the time was like. The reason, like, after every game, like, or after every play, we would always walk over and pick up the ball. It didn't matter what the play was. He's like, we would always walk over and pick up the ball because we knew that in the event that they had to go to a replay for something, if we had the ball, if we picked it up last, then it was a clear recovery. And so we trained for that. But yeah, there was no clear recovery and they couldn't over-return it. So, I, I think you. What I think would be cool would it be they have like a piece of technology where uh, the ball already. Uh, we already have goal line technology where we know that the ball has to go uh, uh, beyond the line, and, and we have technology that can enable us to see that. We should also have technology that goes into the little sticks that the offsides officials wear, and and. Um, and and uh, you can you can line up things with offside using technology. You can, I mean, there's there's ways to do this. I don't know the ins and outs of it, but you can line up offsides with technology. You can also let it play out. And if he was onside, then you count the goal. And and it and as you should. And if you let it play out, and it turns out he was offside, and I think this goes to what you were talking about, then you rule the goal out. But there's not enough of letting it play out happening in soccer right now, is what I think you were going yeah. to.
0: Because I think referees are not used to how you deal with so they instinctively just, if they think something's offside, they you know
1: they flag it. I think that's a cultural is, thing. We're, yeah, we're, we're more inclined to, to let it play out, and then let the technology help the official, whereas I think these refs still feel like if the technology comes into play, then they haven't done their job. And that's not the case. That's that's just they need to look at it's the just, technology as their friend.
0: It doesn't help that the Premier League is essentially the last major league in Europe to adopt VAR. It's coming next year, but they've waited this long. And it's basically everywhere else that matters now. Um, but
1: that
0: that that's the thing is that, you know, the American referees have gotten they've gotten better at it. They're instructed to, you know, if there's doubt about like a fumble, let it play out. Because if if it's a fumble and you rule it down by there contact, doubt,
1: let it then, play out. Yeah. You know,
0: you're screwed because you can't go back and be like, Well, it was a fumble but half of you quit playing, so we can't we can't do that. Um If if it's a fumble, if you let it play out and it's not a fumble, you can always go back, but you can't do it the other way around. And the same thing applies to offside. If a guy is, if you keep your flag down and let it play out, whatever happens, happens. If it turns out he's offside, you can go back and disallow it. If he's not, great. The play happened as it was meant to happen. That's what happened twice in the League Cup final. Both of those decisions, the one on the Aguero and the one on the Hazard, were as marginal decisions as you're ever going to see in a football match. And and they fly both of them because that's what they – I think that's what they're trained do. And they're not used to having – Did you watch Except that
1: Premier League download where um, the dude went through the paces as an official and they kind of showed the different training that the Premier League officials do? I've never seen that now. Um it was pretty enlightening um uh, as to I mean not only like after every game they get a printout. And they get a printout of calls that they got right calls that they got wrong and explanations um as to you know why the call was right or wrong um And they can go back and obviously pull up footage on this and see what the league... They get instant feedback from the league. Um, I do think that on a week-to-week basis, the Premier League is probably better than any other league when it comes to... There's there's officials that have reputations, but over the course of a career, that's impossible to avoid. But on a game-by-game basis, like... Everyone always is like, oh, this guy's roughing this important game between Chelsea. He's on 99 red cards. Did he give out 100?
0: Yeah. Um, and it's just kind of the thing, like, you watch an NFL game. It's like, oh, these officials are awful. And then remember when the refs went on strike, and it's like, no, we'll show you awful. Yeah, we'll um, show you awful, man. <laughs> it's all very, you know everyone thinks that their rest of the work and you watch anyone else's rest of the work. And it's just like, Oh God. Um, I don't know what the worst officiated sport is. I don't really care to figure it out, but um, <laughs>
1: I imagine that's not a fun exercise.
0: Yeah. I think that honestly you could make an argument for anything you wanted to, if you tried hard enough.
1: Um, but, I would say college sports and here's why I would yeah, say college sports.
0: Yeah. I'm inclined to agree.
1: No, nowhere else has mm-hmm. as many, For many leagues.
0: reasons that lead to people officiating college sports.
1: <laughs> right. And, and, and there are multiple leagues with multiple emphasis, emphasize, I don't know. Different standards, emphasis, yeah. <laughs> whatever the plural of mm-hmm. some tier. Uh, but but how many times have you watched
0: a bowl game and you just find out what content the officiating crew is and just slap it in the head? Oh, like, oh yeah. God, this is going to be so bad.
1: Yeah, you're just like, oh, God, like the Pac-12 officials have the championship game. Good luck to you guys. You know, and it's just, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, And I think it's, you know, you ask any fan and they'll say their officials are the worst. You know, Pac-12 fans will tell you no. Nobody quite has officiating like we do. And and Big Ten of fans are like, No, we've got the worst officiating. SEC fans are like, Have you seen RFs? I think that's why the officiating is so bad is because there's so many different leagues with like so many different and, and and within that so many different people being trained up so many different ways. Like it's it's all a mess, you know? Because one guy one week you'll have one guy who was reprimanded the week before for missing a targeting call. So he calls flipping everything targeting and you're like, guys, stop. But then you find out he got reprimanded by the league for missing one a week earlier. And you're like, Oh, well, I guess it makes a little sense. I just think there's so much of that in college sports that probably make it the worst. There's too many. Anytime you have that many, it's inevitably going to be bad. Yeah. I think,
0: so in general, I, I think our view on VAR is net positive Needs, that, you know, it's obviously going to be, take some adjustments. It's a new thing. Nothing yeah. is ever implemented perfectly from the first day. Um, and I think that it's going to demand patience. Like, it's, people, if you have a tendency to want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, this happened when MLB implemented replay. Um, where 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 you would you would see them re- review a call, and one of the biggest things in 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 sports is clear and convincing evidence, or whatever variants of the phrase you want to use. That that you know, well, what is clear and convincing? Is that clearing to you know? in all those instances were like, well, the call on the field's going to stand. But if they called the other way on the field, I think that would stand too. Um Stuff like that, nice people, and. I know in baseball, implemented replay, a lot of and they got a lot of things that people thought would be overturned, weren't overturned on video replay. And I saw people who would be like, you know what, if you're still going to get all this wrong, I don't even want replay. Get rid of it. It just slows everything down, and they still don't fix calls. And my response to that was always, well, first of all, it was implemented to mess up the obvious, to 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 sort out obvious missed calls. Uh, if you want to go back into an era where an umpire can screw up and cost the guy a perfect game, which you were mad on the internet over, by the way, and you're now you're complaining about replay. I mean,
1: hey, pick I your brought poison. this game. I brought this game. I brought that game up in therapy the other day. I'm like. I'm like, dude, Jim Joyce, few, like, you know what? Credit to Galarraga and Joyce is that they got on afterward, you know? Mm-hmm. I know if that were me, I would never want to be in the same room as that dude yeah. again. Couldn't do it. They wrote a book together. I've never
0: read it. I refuse to.
1: No, I don't blame we'll anyone do for being involved. <laughs> I, I will never read any book Like, you know that NFL uh, documentary that they did on the Rose Bowl, the greatest games ever played, that they did for, like, the NFL? Won't watch it. Didn't watch the 30 for 30. Not going to – like, there's just certain things I will refuse to watch. It's like, you know,
0: it's like that's probably an interesting story, and if you guys want to do it, that you be you, but that's not something that I intend to relive. Um, (laughs) uh, to, To each their own. But, um, yeah, I love the school that, you know, if all we do is prevent things like that from happening, I still consider it a worthwhile endeavor. Um, because it's just, if we can cut the most obvious bad calls out of the game, that helps. People are always going to complain about marginal decisions, you know, one way or the other there's always going to be controversy in sports. Let's let whatever brand of controversy you demand. Is it that you want to share a replay that isn't being reviewed, or do you want to share the replay that has been reviewed, didn't turn out the way you like, and now you have something else to whine about? People are going to complain. And I just don't really have any sympathy for that because you can do whatever you want and it's still going to happen.
1: Speaking of controversy, I want to ask you about Tepe Keeper. Please do. I think it's a good time to
0: move on to that game. Have you ever seen not just not just the soccer have you ever seen anything
1: like that in any sport that you've ever watched? Yeah but I've never seen the player win. Oh yeah I mean I've seen people not want to come off but I've never seen them win. I've never seen Has he lost the locker room?
0: Oh yeah. He's lost enough of the locker room. (laughs) I'll tell you what. If I were Willie Caballero, I would be fuming because oh, all that talk. Everybody was talking about you know how bad a look it is for Sari, and it is. It's an awful look from Riccio Sari. But boy, how how pathetic must you feel if you're Willie Caballero, who, by the way, is probably better at saving penalties than Keppel is. <laughs> like even without the injury. Sorry would have been entirely justified in sending him on for the penalty shootout tactically.
1: Is, how do you think that Chelsea win with Willian?
0: I don't know if they win with Willian, but I do know that he's probably, you know, I do believe that there is some sort of inherent skill in, in, in both taking and stopping penalties. And Caviero has done well enough both in game situations and in penalty shootouts, to demonstrate to me that yes, he is better than the average keeper at stopping penalties for whatever reason. Um, and you know, Kepa he stopped, only needed
1: one like Keppa botched a penalty that would have given Chelsea yeah. the victory. As it is,
0: yeah, he, he should have he should have stopped the gross penalty. He made a good save on size. Size wasn't an awful penalty. It was it was. Toward, it wasn't probably close enough to the corner, and it was it was at that height that it was like not off the ground, but it wasn't high enough to guarantee anything. It was an okay penalty, and it, obviously, if he'd gotten him diving the wrong way, it would have been fine. But he didn't, and so it was that was a decent save, but it wasn't you know an unbelievable one, and he should have stopped Agüero's simple as that. It wasn't a very good penalty and he got both hands on it but it went underneath him. Um, And the rest of it he wasn't close to. So, you know, it's I think not stopping the real penalty after what he did at the end of extra time was like the worst possible combination of looks for him. Just in general,
1: like that's that's the one that gets you. That's the one that, like, if 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 he makes that save and Chelsea win, uh, they probably find him a day's wages. Yeah, uh, people and, and get over out, it and put out a notice like, oh, he was just in the competition and yada yada yada. Like, anytime it's a goalie.
0: If, if you're going to be that demonstrative, you better back up. But there are some yeah. players, Ronaldo can get away with that because he's Ronaldo, and he has proven time and time and time again, y- yes, I am going to be a jerk. I am going to shove my teammates out of the way, basically, to take penalties. But that's because I'm going to score them, you know? You have to have a certain you, – you have to be able to point to – a long record of accomplishment if you're going to pull something like that. Um, and Chappa can't do that. He's a twenty three year old keeper in his first year at Chelsea who hasn't yeah. really done anything with note.
1: No, if you're if you're gonna pull that off, like you have to back it up. There's 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 really no other choice. Like, let's just be real. Like if you if, if you grandstand your manager like that. And you know what? Everyone keeps talking about the sorry thing. Forget that. If you punk your own teammate like that, yeah. like Caballero was ready to come on. He was pulled to come on. And he's he's gonna have his shot and now you're telling him, Screw you. Like I don't care no, for it's, the manager's it's like, like it's, what if, it's essentially it's essentially just screaming at him, you're not going to do as good a good job as Nobody to has what if Sari was legitimately putting putting Willie on because he thought it was going to go to penalties and Willie is the better option? Did anybody ever think that Sari might have been doing that? The answer yeah. is no, because he's fundamentally not been good at Chelsea. But that game, he changed everything up. He went against himself. And he was making the substitution. And, yeah, Kepa was injured. But it wouldn't surprise me if Sari was also thinking this guy's a bit – like, Italians know about playing for penalties. Like, if there's a league that understands playing for penalties with a 0-0 or a 1-1 or a 1-0, like, it's Ah, nobody, nobody loves defending a 1-0 lead quite like an Italian club. <laughs> you know, I just, I, I don't know, man. I I legit think that Sari might have been thinking ahead to the potential uh, shootout and deciding I'm going to go with my veteran keeper who knows a lot of these city players and their tendencies. That's another thing. He played with so many of them two years ago. It's not ancient history. Right. He knows their tendencies. Like he knows which guys favor which way, and and, and in penalties, that kind of it stuff matters.
0: Yeah, it does. That's the like penalties are so very mental. Honestly, it's uh, it's more mental than than a lot of you know. All sports are mental, but that part especially is really mental. Um, because I remember reading Pep Confidential. It's just you know he would just yeah prep the mentally, like, pick a spot. Hit the spot. Don't worry about you know, tune out the rest. It doesn't matter. Pick the, pick your spot and hit it. Um, and so much of it is the game of cat and mouse of so its tendencies. And um, obviously, you have to keep your nerve and you have to put it on target. But you can score with a mediocre penalty. Um, people do it all the time. By the way, I know he's not a city player, but can we just discuss Eden Hazard having the nerve to? To, to take a chip on the fifth and final penalty that Chelsea needed to stay in the game. <laughs> Holy <laughs> cow!
1: I love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Some balls, dude. If oh if yeah, you know, but you know what though? The only that's reason Chelsea he's even been in that game was because of yeah. the Hazard. So oh, you... oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I, what I'm saying
0: is that's why he's going to Madrid and leaving the rest of these club losers behind. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> that is. That is another mentality. <laughs> you know That's what, man? Like I level,
1: wouldn't. A level up. Surprised if Barsa came in for the dude. Oh, I I would. Just, he is. If you had to point me
0: at one player over the last like decade or so that I've just always wanted at City, it's him. I've wanted him since they didn't get him when he went to Chelsea. uh oh. and I know that they don't really. You know, obviously things have worked out in a lot of ways. But guy is just one of my favorite players. Um, but yeah, he, he was the reason they even got penalties. He was the only reason they presented any attacking threat. It was basically, it was a one man attack, but he was that good that it, it worked. It it was enough of a threat. Um, that's I want to go back to what you said about how sorry, basically compromised his principles to try to shut Nancy down. It's just something that you, you know, we talk about Pep all the time, Pep and that Pep says, he says, we're going to win or lose, we're going to play one way. We're going to play the way I want to play. Sorry did not play sorry ball in the final. He said, no. here's what we, we are going to, to screw all at. We're going to defend. And credit to them, whatever they threw together worked. City were pretty frustrated. It wasn't that they were – it wasn't even like the last hand game where they had periods of complete dominance, but they weren't scoring. They were on top for I would say an hour, but it wasn't chance after chance after chance. They weren't getting good looks at all.
1: Yeah, I mean, Chelsea, like I said, they they went against their better intuition because you know the last time they played that way, they got smoked six nothing by city and, and I don't think that they wanted to run you know. I mean, it's one thing if you get to a final. It's an entirely another thing if you get. At least, sorry can leave that game. Sorry can leave that game with an asterisk. He can say, "Dude, I wanted to put on Willie to to in case we got to penalties because he knew those players." Oh. Um, and nobody could say anything otherwise, regardless if that was the reason or not. Nobody could say otherwise. Like. He can always claim whatever he wants down the line because Kepa made it about himself. Like, but sorry can leave that game with his head held high saying, look, I showed I can play another way. And we very nearly beat City. I think he says, I mean, I don't know, because, you know,
0: you read all these stories about if he doesn't win such and such game, then, his uh, you know, I don't, I don't really know that any, you know, I'm sure there are some clubs that do, but I don't know that there are any clubs that, that are, you know, if you lose this game and you get sacked, no matter what, you know, it's, it's, pro- it's almost certainly an oversimplicity. But I do think that another bad result might have made his position untenable. And I think he sensed that. And I think he played in a way that he felt gave him the best chance to win a trophy, which, again you turn the narrative on your head if you suddenly have a trophy on the belt. Maybe not enough to save a shot at the end of the season, but enough that, you know, the the image of Sari parading around Wembley with, with the League Cup after beating Manchester City probably would have bought him some extra, some extra leverage, some extra leeway, at least for a period of time.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, people would at least and I be like... And I think that he managed with that in mind. Yeah, I think people would have said, you know, hey, he showed he can play a different way. Maybe it's not as bad, you know, like as we thought it was. Maybe we need to uh, 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 give him a little bit more time, you know? And, and 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 Chelsea fans may have tricked themselves into giving him a little bit more time or whatever the case may be. Uh, but I, I don't know, man. I, I, I think sorry showed a lot. I think, you know, if kept. Hey, look, any time a player wants to do that, if it's the opposing squad and it doesn't work out, I'm all for it. Kepa can do that the next time oh, yeah. the club needs to Like I, Yeah, it didn't bother me in the slightest. I imagine it pissed the hell off. It would yeah, piss me the hell was, off yeah, if I were yeah, to like the there. Whole, I was sitting there the whole time just thinking, oh, please leave him on. <laughs> please leave him on. Yeah, I mean... He it turned out he was staying on it. It really wasn't up to sorry apparently, <laughs> but you know what, man? Uh, if, if City have a trophy under their belt, do you think this makes it easier for the season for the rest of the season now that they've gotten the first one out of the way?
0: I think it makes it easier, but kind of like intangibly easier. And I don't know if that makes any sense,
1: but it, it, it's
0: I don't. No, it's, it's not, I'm not important.
1: Sure. That. That's yeah, either the most it's, profound thing you've ever said or one of the most confusing things you've ever said. I'll let you know at almost, of this. Almost certainly both. Um, I don't, you know, in the grand
0: scheme of things, I don't think it's very important. Um, and it's the only thing they win this season and the season should not be considered a success, nor should it be. Um, what What it does do is... It it it, it is ensures that you know. I think I think a loss might have affected people. If there's a trophy in front of you, you always want to win it. I don't care how unimportant it is. Um, it's just the mentality that you want to have, and it gives them a reason to to you know. I think anything that leads to winning something is is good for your long term mentality of winning more things. Fair enough. Because I think. Pep has talked about this before and that, you know, you, all, you always want to be raising your standards. You always want to be just completely, utterly ruthless in pursuit of titles. And whether you consider it an important one or not, it is a title. And if you, if you are, for the pep mentality, which is basically hoard all the trophies,
1: you know, relentlessly, Then I think it is. If even one is unimportant, eventually they'll all become unimportant at a certain point. Like that, you have to treat them all with equal levels of importance.
0: On on Sunday, the only thing that they could do was win that trophy, so it had to be their singular focus. And you know, they won it. And how about Raheem's? I had my heart in my throat when Raheem Sterling took the fifth penalty. I was like, "You're really going to put him through this? You're going to put me through this?" Uh, but he hit it. He did the job.
1: Did Pep do that solely to boost Raheem Sterling's confidence? I don't wonder how much
0: call Pep had in the film takers, because he seems to be inclined to let them do those things himself. Um, like uh, he didn't even watch it? I know that much. That was that was amazing. Um,
1: I remember but, yeah, Raheem had to tell him where it went, top bins, Boston. Yeah. Where, where'd you put it? I, I
0: can't even, you know, that was a moment where I was very glad that I had Twitter and it was ahead of the video. I'll put it that way. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I was, pretty
0: much. I was staring at, at, at the Twitter and just like, should I watch? Do I dare? Can I turn, can I open my eyes and watch this next penalty? Or do I just want to like listen to the commentary and just sort of cover my eyes in terror? How you nuts, man. Nothing like him. Hate him, but um,
1: I missed the entire game except for that penalty. Oh, there's the way to do it. <laughs> I accidentally overslept and I got up and I was like, "Crap!" I'll just see what the final score was. And I'm like, in penalties. And I'm like, go on. And I finally got it to pull up online, and it was Raheem's turn. I'm like, oh, oh, this is for the win. Yeah, it was fun. My system turns. I was slightly eased when um, Georgina was
0: the first one. I
1: had to, I had to, I had to rewatch the entire game as as a yeah. course of action. Like, Watch, thank God for watching it live. Yeah, watching it live, I was
0: politely eased when Virginia missed the first one because she, you know, had an advantage from that point. And even when Sane missed, David Louise immediately missed the next one. So I didn't really have time to sort of like fall into like this sort of terror terror, despair, whatever you want to call it. So honestly, it it always felt like City had the upper hand in that shootout, but that doesn't make it that much easier.
1: Um
0: no, it never That's, does. Yeah. No, it never does. Uh let's quickly talk about West Ham. What a bizarre game.
1: Um Yeah. It's a really strange game. Because honestly, for like, it was like the, the first like, seven total shots per city.
0: They took forever to get one on target,
1: but they were
0: they hit two posts, I think, in the first two minutes. They were just completely dominant in like the first twenty minutes and then they fell apart. And then they stayed falling apart until they took Mahrez off and brought Sylvan Sterling on, immediately raised their game, and then tucker out toward the end. I don't like to make this excuse, but I do think that the fatigue started to play a factor toward the end of each half in, in that game. Um,
1: did the fact especially, that Mares started also play another part? in the second half. I could, and I could sense some exasperation in your voice when you said it name. Ra- watching Riyad Mahrez try to coexist with Kevin De Bruyne was
0: like. I, I, they looked like they never met before. They honestly looked like they had never even seen each other before. Um, and look. For that reason alone, it was not all Myers' fault. De Bruyne still is not at peak match sharpness. He was off the pace. He was misplacing some passes. They were not on the same page. That responsibility is shared between the two of them. But I am so tired of watching Riyad Mahrez play for this team because he, everything seems to slow down when it gets to him. He's not really into the one touch. He takes it and he takes a touch and he takes another touch. So he, then he'll try to play the pass or, you know, he'll, he'll hold up play and then he, and everything slows down and the defenders get there. It. It's, I said something to this effect, but his problem is self-perpetuating at this point and that he hasn't played well when given the opportunity and that's cost him further opportunities, which I know he doesn't like. Um, and then he'll get put in a game like that. And he'll have an opportunity, and he knows that you know he really wants to perform so that he gets more opportunities. But he tries too hard. He turns. He tries. To, he thinks he's messy or something, and nothing comes off. And then he's off after 55 minutes after a terrible performance, and it's you know it's cost. It might cost him further opportunities. He's trying too hard, I think, in a sense.
1: Is is and- is Riyad Mares a loss? a totally lost cause or is this just a matter of needing a little bit of time to maximize his skills I, with what the players in front of him do well? I will not throw him in the trash bin until I
0: see some action in year two, but I'm not optimistic. It just, it just doesn't, he just feels, it seems like a square peg in a round hole. Um, he doesn't, he doesn't offer the same things or the same quality as so many of his teammates do. Um, and honestly, I think that the guy was the main man at last year, and is not used to being a complimentary piece at Manchester City. He's not used to not getting guaranteed game time. He's not used to everything not running through him. And I think he's struggling with that. And <laughs> we, you know, we're in the March now. It doesn't really
1: bode well. I I'm, I will not toss him yet, but usually you see some improvement by now. And yeah. Anything like, he's but going backward
0: by this time of year in his first season here, Leroy Sané was starting to click on. Um, and he had a rough first year at Manchester City, but by this point, by the toward the end of the season, you could start to see him really start to kick on.
1: A lot of even you know, Raheem Sterling, yeah, absolutely
0: Raheem Sterling. Raheem Sterling was making an impact. Um, there's, there's a lot of, it's not, it's, it's, you don't need to be your best in, in your first year at a club, but you need to show progress. And frankly, I feel like Mares is worse now than he was when he arrived.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know what I feel about Mares just yet. I have highs and lows. Um. I do think, though, that I am with you on on the two year rule. It's just a good rule to have. Um, but I'll tell you what, though, if he starts next year like he's played this year, like my patience with him is like I let's just say he I have a zero tolerance policy starting next year with him. I think like patience will start
0: to run out next year until. I think, yeah. frankly, it's next year is going to be a make-or-break year for Readmines. If he doesn't do it next year, then I think that he's going to be sold and lost. Yeah. And he'll be to go someplace else. Um, that simple. Especially, you know, I don't want to get too far into this because there's a lot of details that are very much unknown. But in light of Chelsea's transfer ban, there's talk that City could face a similar or slightly lesser punishment and so I think they're going to be aggressive this summer bringing in long-term guys, and some of those guys might end up very much displacing Ryan Miles.
1: Yeah. I think they are going to be proactive this year. I think we're going to see another major buy, um, especially after not really spending a dime. People will say, oh, you know, like, oh, here goes city spending again. Yeah, well.
0: Yeah, it's, it sounds like there's two that are a given, which is a left back and, and a and a Fernandino deputy slash replacement.
1: Yeah, um, two, two that are a definite given.
0: Yeah, And I also and,
1: think that they're probably going to start looking at an Aguero replacement long term.
0: Yeah, I think that we will see a
1: forward. I think we'll see another striker, you know, another forward purchase. The guy... Especially if you know what'd be interesting is if Usman Dembele doesn't doesn't pick up for Barca, like that would be a fabulous pick up from them.
0: Yeah. I think the Barca move may have been a bit too big for him at that point in his career, but I think if he took a step into a team like this, I think he would he I think he'd drive.
1: I do too. I think it, I think he could be I think he could be the difference maker that Riyadh Mahrez wasn't, and it's at a position of strength. So if you whiff on it, then you know I don't know if you whiff on it. It's it's what's the worst that happens, you know?
0: Yeah, pretty much. Um, Real quick. Bournemouth on Saturday. No Fernandinho, but Stones and Jesus have both traveled, which is good news. Um, how do you see that one going?
1: Um, that's one of those games where without Fernandinho, it doesn't feel it doesn't feel well, does it? You know. I don't know. I um.
0: Yeah, I get that one. Um, Barma have been leaking goals recently, but as we know, they will attack and they can be dangerous, especially away from home. Um, I think city will win, but not convincingly.
1: Yeah, I, I think it'll be interesting. Um, uh, and the local media will seize on it as further proof
0: that they're panicking. What's that? And the Merseyside media will seize on it as further proof that they're panicking.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I think City are definitely going to struggle. Um, I, <clears throat> I think it's it's just sort of par for the course that in games like that they struggle, especially when they mean something and City are down a player. Uh, but that said, I do expect them. I hear you, Kamala cat. Um, that's my cat Kamala in the background for those of you listening. She is not going to shut up. Um, but I do think that uh, that City, like you said, they're leaking goals, so this should be a situation where City wins something like 3-1, even 3-2. Like a, a very a lopsided 3-2 where maybe they get a second goal at the end that are never really threatened to to, to tie the game. Um, yeah, I, I, I'd I hope City win. If they drop points, it's going to suck. Like, this is not the time to lose Fernandinho.
0: Yeah, well, we're into the period of the season where they they can't really afford to drop points, especially these teams. Yep. So, what have I said at this point? I have nothing further. I don't know if you have anything to add here.
1: No, I I, I have to add that I do not envy your editing job.
0: Yeah, uh, my phone service has cut out about three times during this. This is going to be the final project. Will probably not. You probably won't notice, but this was a. This one was a challenge. <laughs> 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 Sometimes they are, and this was one of them.
1: Well, you know, I've got nothing further to add. If you've got nothing further to add, we will be better about getting the. Uh, mm. Questions next time, and yeah, let's. I said we, that was
0: my fault. You can increase. You can uh, send your angry tweets to me. Um, um, so yeah, I take. I will be the. I will take the fall for that one because I did screw that one up. Um, Run down. We are on Twitter at America Citizens. We are uh, searchable on iTunes. Just search for the American Citizens. Uh, just search American Citizens. You can subscribe to us there. We are brought to you by Blog Talk Radio and Spreaker. And we will be back eh, probably next week um, with whatever happens. So, for Josh, I'm Gray. Thank you for listening. Have a great week, everybody. Enjoy the games.